0: This is a health warning from doctor approved medical America's trusted resource for back braces. If you're 65 or older and suffering from back pain, you may qualify to receive an advanced pain relieving back brace at little or no cost to you. Many people are now using our pain relieving back brace as an alternative to surgery or harmful medications and experience pain relief that they haven't felt in years. Don't let your back pain turn into something worse. Remember, if you qualify for no money out of pocket, there's nothing to lose and only real pain relief to gain our friendly team of
1: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast. It's time for Ring Talk live worldwide. Hey, yo, for over thirty years, and still, and still, your inside look into boxing and mixed martial arts. You
2: know what? As long as she fights in one hundred and thirty-five pounds, I don't care if she's injecting a horse demon into her eyeballs. Heard live around
1: the world. And brought to you by the World Boxing Organization. And now, and now, live from the Ring Talk Studios in San Francisco, here's the host of the longest-running fight show in history, Pedro Fernandez. Dames y caballeros, bienvenidos.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the multi-million dollar Sports bylon Studios in San Francisco, California. Check it. The man was correct in that lofty introduction as my name is Pedro Fernandez, often imitated, but never duplicated, 35-plus years now, as your host of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Straight up today, I've got some great guests. The Godfather, retired HBO, Godfather will be in the house. That's right. Larry Merchant will join us in about 17 to 20 minutes past the hour. Straight up, first, we'll hear from Johnny Sagan. Of a big weekend in boxing. Larry Merchant following that. And, and guess what? At 40 minutes past the hour, I will bring you an exclusive interview with Teresa Tapia, the wife of Johnny Tapia, the ghost of Johnny Tapia. The book is out. The book is out. It's on the bookshelves. Can't you not? you got to check out this book. It tells it just like it is about the story and the life of mi vida loca. I'm talking about Johnny Tapia right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. So all those guests will be here. We've got open phone lines. You want to join us? You can. Your option. 1-800-878-7529. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. of course, there's also the guilt-free, no-commitment text line. You want to text the studio? You want to text my guest? You want to rap me? You want to compliment me? You want to ask my guest a question? You can without getting involved and in coming on the air. The studio text line, the number, 415 415- 415 275-1613 That's 415-275-1613 This is hour number one of two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide Of course, two hours live on Sports Byline I Radio, Sirius XM Satellite Radio The American Forces Network Can I keep going? I ain't got enough time Bottom line is, you're tuning to the longest running fight show in history, Ring Talk Live Worldwide Next up, Johnny Sick from Las Vegas talking boxing on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network
0: If you built a van for your business, where would you start? At the beginning, of course, with the people who invented the work van over 100 years ago, Mercedes-Benz. You'd give your new Mercedes-Benz Sprinter advanced technology and safety to keep you connected and protected. You'd make it available in diesel and gas, and there would be thousands of configurations and upfits to choose from. Because your one-of-a-kind business deserves nothing less than a van that's built for you. Introducing the all new Mercedes Benz Sprinter. The safest, most innovative Sprinter yet. Starting at just $33,790. Built for you. The all new Sprinter. Mercedes Benz. Vans. Born to Run.
4: MSRP excludes all options, taxes, title registration, transportation, charging, dealer prep fee. Options, model availability, and actual dealer price may vary. See dealer for details about costs and terms. Equipment described as optional.
5: Call the debt helpline
6: now. 800 957 6063. 800 957 6063. 800 957 6063. That's 800 957 6063. Imagine this is your money and someone wants to take it from you. Who
0: is it? The IRS. They want your money and guess what? They can legally take it. All of it if they want. Remember, they sent you that letter that said, hey, you owe us a bunch of cash and we're going to take it from you. So what do you do?
6: 932 1749 That's 800-932-1749 Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez Woo! It's gonna be good!
3: Boxing in Monterey, Mexico last night. God, the last time I was there, Emmanuel Stewart and I were rocking and rolling. Julio Cesar Chavez had girlfriends on two different floors. That's right. Not even his wife. His girlfriend was on, like, the second floor, and his other girlfriend was on, like, the fifth floor. And it wasn't his wife. It was his two girlfriends. And one night, Julio Cesar went to spend time with one lady, and the other night he would spend time with another lady. I don't know how he put together that awesome record, but... He did it getting laid. Bottom line is, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on the line from Las Vegas, Nevada, of course, our very own Johnny Signorella. And, Johnny, i got to ask you, of course, this decision last night, they called it the a majority nod. The scores went 116-112, 115-113, I believe, and 114-114. Um, some people found those scores hard to believe. How did the Sig man see it? I had it 7-5 to five for
1: Dennis and not-so-Hulk Hogan. Hogan, who actually... I tell you what, Pete. He called on the Hulkster last night in Dennis. Man, he brought it to Jaime Magia. Close fight. I'd be good seven five either which way or dead even at a draw. But to score it eight rounds to four, like one judge had in favor of Jaime Magia, I don't know about that, man.
3: Well, I mean, let's talk about the effective punches, the clean punches. Although the guy couldn't punch much, he landed the far more effective and cleaner punches. In fact, he even ratt- he even he was backing Magia up a couple of times. Magia's supposed to be a monster.
1: That's what's up, and I noticed that, too, and I said to myself going into this fight on paper, it looked like Hogan couldn't crack an egg with his seven knockouts going into the fight. But I actually saw Jaime Munguia get rocked a couple times and pushed back, like you were saying, and, you know, uh, Dennis just taking over the geography of the ring and in some rounds really dominating Jaime Munguia and making Monguilla look just, you know, uh, almost pedestrian, just kind of like basic and nothing too great to look at. And made me think last night of a guy in Dennis Hogan, who, by the way, came there with a lot of spirit. You know, it's not all about punch and power. It's about your skills and your spirit and what you bring to the dance. Came with a lot of passion. I said to myself, Jaime Montilla wants the campaign at 160. He's now fighting on his own. We got Canelo there. Danny Jacobs there. Triple G there. Demetrius Andre there. Yikes, man. Imagine those guys putting their hands no. on him like that. You know what? I think, you're,
3: I, think you're, I think you're putting the ball too far down the road. I think that in good faith. I'm going to read to you what, <clears throat> what Mr. Hogan said here. Quote, we came here in good faith and no disrespect to the people who scored it, but the decision shouldn't go through. This is bad for boxing, bad for me, and a rematch is accepted right away. No questions asked. You saw the game plan. It was keep moving and land more shots. Every time I knew I was doing that. His power didn't faze me at all because I'm moving, rolling with the punches, doing what I was doing. He's a great fighter, but I could see his eye in his eyes he knew he was losing. And that's why Robert Alcazar was whispering in his ear after the fourth round, his trainer, okay? Oscar De, La Hoya looked like, Oscar De La Hoya looked like he got caught drag queening again. He was so so negative before they announced the decision. And then once they realized they got the points, you see Oscar sort of light up there. But they knew, I think deep down inside, they knew they lost.
1: There was a lot of panic in that camp corner, you know, friends, associates. And you can even see the Jaime Mugia's face. I think that's why Jaime came out in the 12th round, you know, Really trying to go for it because he knew. I mean, you know, the, the fight was on the line. And as you can see, like, two judges had it right. Like I said, one had it a draw, the other one saw it seven to five. But it was way too close for comfort for Jaime Modilla last night. And they're talking about the 160 plunge and going to these big uh, top guys at, at middleweight on the zone. I don't foresee that happening in the next fight. Hey, man, give Dennis Hogan a shot back, man. Run this fight back because that kid deserved it. And I tell you what, it's very rare in the sport of boxing. We see people show up and do what they say they're going to do. Dennis Hogan spoke a big game coming into this thing. I saw a lot of pre-fight you know, footage, and I tell you what, he did everything he said he was going to do was what he's capable of doing. And now I think the, that's very impressive.
3: The, the kid comes from from Australia. I'm going to tell you another Australian boxing story, and it was sad to an extent. Jeff Fennec fought Azuma Nelson on what I think was on the Ray Leonard Tommy Hearn's two undercard in 1989. And Jeff Fennick <clears throat> beat the snot out of Azuma Nelson. Just beat the snot out of him. I mean, it wasn't even close, okay? And they called it a draw. And Jeff Fennick was never the same. He got knocked out in a couple of fights. He got into drugs afterwards. In other words, that opportunity to win that night where he did win. In other words, it's sort of like playing blackjack in, in your hometown casino there or your neighbor casino there in Las Vegas, Johnny. In other words, you got a, a queen in an ace, which means you got a blackjack twenty-one, and then some guy beat you with a ten and a six. You hear what I'm saying? It just it, yeah. isn't, it isn't right. And poor Dennis Hogan, I looked at him last night. I thought he won the fight. Um, most of the people I know of ta- thought he won the fight. Um, and it's it just sad that we got to talk about this controversy you now. Now this guy's from Australia. I think that Mungii, he's got. He said, "Oh, I'll even go to Australia and fight him." He said that on one of the websites. Well, guess what? Pack your bags, pal. Pack
1: your bags. <laughs> Let's see him go over there. I like to see Hanumania honor that rematch because Dennis Hogan last night certainly deserved it with one hell of an effort, man.
3: Okay, what do we got? To, what do we got to talk about? Hour number two.
1: There was a lot more boxing last night. Carissa Shields uh, became the undisputed female champion at middleweight, taking out Christina Hammer, and she won. And she won, and she she won by and she won by vicious four punch combination knockout, right? <laughs> no, no. It was unanimous decision. But I got to say, Chris I did a good job last night. More about that later. We could also talk about Lemon Chego on Friday night, lighting up um, Anthony Corolla in four rounds, and also a USD card last night with an amazing main event and one hell of a co cool feature I cannot wait to talk about.
3: You are tuned in the mighty Sports Byline broadcast network. Johnny Signorelli rejoins us an hour number two. Of course, this is hour number one of two, the Sunday edition of Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211, the Dan Patrick Channel. Dan, can I tell them about the stuff we used to do up there? Nah, we just drank beer and had a good time. That's all up there in the stands. Of course, the sun was coming down on 100 degrees, watching fights outdoors at Caesar's Palace. Tyson, De La Hoya. good fights back then, man. And that outdoor, outdoor atmosphere was unparalleled. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Next up, the retired HBO Godfather, Mr. Hall of Fame himself, Larry Merchant in the house on Sports Byline.
6: fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. Prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. 754 4531 That's 800-754-4531. Being
4: a new parent means every high and low you can imagine. and enter the code SPORTS at checkout for $20 off. That's myevos.com. M Y E V O Z.com.
7: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedar Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California
1: we're talking byline sports, where sports happens. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Check it,
3: 22 and a half minutes past hour. Time to bring in the retired HBO godfather, Mr. O'Leary Merchant. A very good morning to you, sir.
5: And back at you, Pedro.
3: Vasile Lomachenko, extremely impressive on Friday night, as well he should have been, of course, against a a marginal foe, um, but the bottom line was he looked great, and I think that's the way you're supposed to take care of, marginal foes. You're supposed to go out there and take him out. What do you think about him in his future?
5: What's next for him? Well, there's nobody out there who we can see who can seriously compete with him at, at lightweight, except for Mikey Garcia. That's a fight everyone wants to see. Will it eventually happen? We'll see what happens after Garcia comes back from his defeated Spence, when he, at what weight he can be comfortable and successful. Um, I, the optimist in me says eventually it will have to be made, despite the problems in networks and promoters, because it will be too big and everybody will be able to make money. But the pessimist in me says, I want to see this fight. I don't want to wait. And it uh, looks like I'm going to have to wait.
3: <laughs> Why? I, I. But, you know, Garcia, they, all, they, they always say in the world of boxing, you get paid for your last fight. Now, Buster Douglas got sort of dogged in against Holyfield in October of 1990, but we... We, I say the boxing business, or, or the promoters, paid him $24 million a fight Holyfield based on the fact he had just knocked out Mike Tyson in February of that year. Okay, so he got paid for his last fight. How do you pay Mikey Garcia for his last fight?
5: We don't know what his last fight will be. No, what I meant, uh, no. What I
3: meant was his last fight with Earl Spence. That's what I'm trying to say, oh, what I mean by the last well, fight. Look, was-
5: All we know is he he, he took... Uh, a risk, and for which I salute him. Um, it was a risk that very few people thought he could uh, would turn out successfully for him. But at the same time, he made a bundle of money, a lot more than he had ever made before in the, in the millions. And... Um, that's part of the game, mm-hmm. and he can now still fight Lomachenko uh, after coming back. So, I, you know, I don't know if it, it was a loss on the record. So what? The greatest fighters have lost.
3: Okay, so, but, but, Lom- but I think as far as a— Including
5: Lomachenko, by the way.
3: True, true. So when they match these guys up, though, if they were to match them up right now, I think that Lomachenko would be in the driver's seat regarding the
5: money, don't you? No. No? No, I think Garcia has proven that he could put. uh Butch and seats. Exactly. Uh, 47,000 in uh, Dallas, uh, supposedly uh, over 350 uh, million paid per viewers. Uh, Lomachenko hasn't come anywhere near that level. True. And based on the Lomachenko pre- will be the B side, just as Spence was, incidentally, J- J- even though Spence's title was on the line and uh, Garcia's wasn't, uh, Garcia was the driving force of the fight, and sure. he got the biggest piece of the pie.
3: Okay, so is Lomachenko going to go the way of Golovkin? Will he always be the B side of the record?
5: Uh, in a big event like this, uh, probably, but it depends on who the opponents that materialize uh, and how he does in that fight.
3: Hmm, interesting. Larry Murch is our guest, who goes to Retired Godfather, kicking it in Santa Monica, California, where it's just a lovely day because it's beautiful up here in Northern California, so weather down there is fabulous, huh?
5: It's getting to be um, more spring-like. Put it that way. Well, uh, you know,
3: we we we. You know, there are people, and you lived in Philadelphia, and I've traveled enough around the world and around the country to know that three months a year is a pain, and the you know what, and we don't have those three months.
5: <laughs> well, we're lucky. Okay. Straight up, talking um,
3: geography, of course, with the retired HBO Godfather Larry Merchant, is Jarrell Miller considered much of a challenge for Anthony Joshua? Um, come there, come their clash on the zone. Do you think?
5: Uh. I I don't think he's much of a challenge, but he's unbeaten. Uh, Old saying, an unbeaten fighter is hard to beat. Um, Joshua appears to be much too much for him. Um, And we'll see if he does his business.
3: Wow. Larry Merch is our guest. Larry, you know, we were talking about the history of boxing, and you and I were going back and forth over the phone uh, earlier about an iconic figure in the world of sport. I'm talking about Joe DiMaggio and you said you had dinner with him. And I told you it was one of the few times in my life where Pedro just choked up. And I just couldn't, I mean, I was standing, I was standing next to him it was just me and him in the sports book of the Bay Meadows racetrack, uh, the sports club, the sports club, the elite, the elite end of the, uh, of the arena, uh, it was just me and him on a Wednesday afternoon. I'll never forget it. And I was there for like 20 minutes, and he was receptive and everything, and I just didn't bite. I, I thought he was putting bait on the hook. I just didn't bite it. And you explained it to me uh, that it's sort of common in people dealing with people of that stature. What 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 what, 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 what was
5: the flaw there? Well, we all freeze in the moment in, <laughs> in the presence of, uh, of real greatness and uh, sometime, and he was – Bigger than big uh, and bigger than bigger uh, as a pop cultural phenomenon. And he, he was my hero when I was a child. The, the two Joes, Joe Lewis and Joe DiMaggio. Uh, DiMaggio was uh, the great player of, of his era who led the, uh, the great Yankees to one championship after another etc and he was a heroic figure and uh um I did get to meet him a number of times after he retired and did uh, he once asked me to have lunch with him actually and um I understand uh what do you ask a guy who's been asked every question and who is uh, sitting right there in front of you. And, uh, there's an old, uh, saying in journalism, you, you ask the big people about the little stuff and the little people about the big stuff. So, um, we once got into a conversation about his restaurant in San Francisco and how he was a taster for every new dish on the menu and, and so on. And, um, I used to do the same thing with Ali, uh, talk about the little stuff.
3: That's true. I was talking about Joe DiMaggio. You know, of course, Joe DiMaggio married Marilyn Monroe. Dumb. Okay. Somebody shot me a text here. Larry, did Joe ever try to sell sell you any coffee, that Mr. Coffee thing he was doing?
5: (laughs) Well, he was famous at the time for a a lot of people didn't know him. They knew he had been a, a, a great baseball player, but he was more famous... Uh, in his uh, le- the later stages of his uh, life, uh, with many people for being Mr. Coffee on television.
3: Of course, talking about Joe DiMaggio. And- you mentioned the other Joe. I'm talking about Joe Lewis. Of course, got to see him a little bit before his passing in Las Vegas. Caesar's Palace took care of him. Do do you know? <laughs> I was talking with somebody the other day, and okay, with Steve Lott. We were talking, and of course, Steve Lott used to have, have, be part of Mike Tyson's team. He's trying to put together a, a Hall of Fame, a boxing Hall of Fame in Las Vegas, and it's not happening. You just can't do it. He said that none of the casinos in this era, the corporate uh, casinos, want to do that anymore. You know, maybe 25, 30 years ago, Caesar's Palace would have eaten that up, wouldn't they? A Hall of Fame?
5: I don't know. Uh, Caesar's Palace. Uh uh, became a, a presence on the sporting scene. Um, They've had big tennis matches there and big fights there. Um, I don't know. That, Evil uh, Knievel. All, all of, uh, I don't know space-wise that all, <laughs> uh, whether uh, they'd rather fill a, th- that space with more slot machines than <laughs> La- pictures of great old uh, athletes.
3: Yeah, exactly. that's what it boils down to. Now.
5: Larry, <laughs> tell me about Evil Knievel. Did you ever meet him? i i i may have been around one time when in in some kind of press thing but um i remember the event uh, bob that bob aram promoted and uh and and the evil Knievel almost becoming awful uh, and, and the ex knievel uh <laughs> in that uh, fantasy jump um, but i didn't know
3: him. that one, you know what it was like he did it here at the Cow Palace, and he crashed, and, 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 and like, it was crazy. I mean, it just wasn't, and not, not as bad as a the crash there in, in Las Vegas, but you got to be in, I mean, people talk about fighters having a death wish or, or being being willing to put it on the line. He was nuts.
5: Well, uh, he's, you know, look, there are people who climb up um, without ropes, uh, climb up mountains, and... Uh, and um race against some kind of clock, um, which looks a lot cra- which looks crazy to me, mm-hmm. but I guess it isn't crazy to them, and uh, evil Knievel, um I guess had the kind of life that uh somehow he wanted.
3: You can't do I don't think you can do enough drugs to get out of the pain that that guy and when his body was bounced all over the place, from that to Terence Crawford and Amir Khan. Um is this American AMIRKHAN or American AMER space CON? Which one is it?
5: <laughs> you mean is he a is he a, 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 a real con or, or or a real con artist or both? That's
3: basically the question. <laughs>
5: Well, he's a bigger name right now than he is a fighter. I'll put it that way. He's fighting off a former reputation when he was an exciting young British fighter who had uh, won a medal as a teenager at the Olympics uh, and had some electric skills. Um, But uh, they pulled the socket on him um, when he got hit on the chin a few times. And... um, (laughs) So I just think it's a name. I just think that uh, in Britain he's, he might still be a royalty as a name and even as a, a boxer. Uh, but uh, it looks like uh, uh, an af- a short afternoon's work for Crawford.
3: You know, anytime a fighter from Pakistan or or, or or Saudi Arabia or Yemen or anything like that, of course, I'm talking about Prince Nassim Prince Ahmed, who got zillions of dollars from those countries. But he he is he gets fat on that on that TV. He works out a deal where he gets, he gets fat on that TV from like Pakistan and places like that. So Amir Khan is a very very good businessman. He's made a lot of money in his time. But you're right; when his chin gets checks, it, it folds.
5: Um. Look, some guys are able to extend it. They they touch uh the public, fans in some in some way and um he was part of the 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 British reemergence as a uh boxing uh, powerhouse over the last 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um he's been able to cash in on it and um good for him in that way but uh i wish it was a better matchup Larry Merchant
3: i guess you are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide Larry we got to talk about Lem Banker and some of those Las Vegas guys that we used to know that that have passed on so Moe Dalitz guys like that can we do that on our next week's show
5: Uh sure thing
3: Great up say uh, hello to the godmother for me and we'll talk soon okay Cheers And my lucky folks, we're lucky, blessed with the presence of the Godfather Larry Merchant. Guess what? Next up, the superhero of Johnny Tapia's life. That's right. His wife, the widow, Teresa Tapia. Next up on Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
6: Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published travel experts are here 24 7 to help 800-754-4531 800-754-4531 800-754-4531 that's 800-754-4531
4: being a new parent means every high and low you can imagine and enter the code SPORTS at checkout for $20 off. That's myevos.com M-Y-E-V-O-Z dot com.
7: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California blue goo a try call one 330 and you'll receive a one week supply of blue goo absolutely free the makers of blue goo are even paying the shipping the number again is one 888 330 if you want more information on blue goo visit online at www.dodogoo.com now available at select big five stores near you now more of ring talk with pedro
1: fernandez but i mean it's enough to make your head explode
3: No, we're not talking Ricky Martin. We're talking about Johnny Tapia. That was his theme. He's, of course, La Vida Loca, hit La Vida Loca on the line from Albuquerque, New Mexico. I believe, of course, this is his widow, Teresa Tapia. And Teresa, happy 2019, my dear.
2: Happy 2019 to you. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing just fine. Still rocking and rolling, still running with the big mouth 35 years later. Um, How's Albuquerque?
2: <laughs> it's nice. It's actually very nice weather today. It was kind of... It's been bipolar the last few days, but today it's actually a nice day. <laughs> okay.
3: Johnny Tapia, 59-5, and five. of course, 30 KOs only. Wow, I mean, what can you say? A couple of draws. What an incredible record. A young man that turned pro in the 80s, of course. I got to see a lot of his fights in Albuquerque when he was younger, when he was older, of course, in the, the, the Texas fights and things like that. Um, he was quite, how can I put this, a character. How would you describe Johnny Tapia to a boxing fan?
2: The, the boxing yeah. fan, I would say that you know he was probably one of the most um, colorful fighters you'd ever see. I mean, he brought so much to to each and every fight and I mean I, I've never seen it you know again, and I don't know if we ever will, but the way he would clown and you know taunt his opponents and talk to the crowd and you know it just it was just a very, very unique style that was him that was all he loved fighting and it showed.
3: You know, a, a guy that I was, one of my stable mates fought him, Henry Martinez, um, who represented, I think, Nicaragua in the Olympics and this and that. So he went to Albuquerque, and he said to me, he says, Peter, are you going to come down for this fight? I said, I don't think so. Yeah, you know, I, I just knew. I, I, don't so. <laughs> and, and, um, yeah, I don't think so. and Yeah, I don't think so. I was trying, but I was being kind. And um, anyway, he goes down there, and he gets schooled, and he comes back, and he says to me, he goes, you knew, huh? I said, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I, I, I knew. He goes, but he was just he, he, was he was as green as I was. I said, no, no, no. Johnny was a a stud as an amateur. Johnny Tappy was the real deal. I mean, so Johnny's surprised a lot of people as a boxer, but when you look at his amateur credentials, they were all there. I mean, it wasn't a big shock that he was such a stud as a pro.
2: Exactly, and like I said, what um, remember even when he wasn't in, into the boxing scene, he was always fighting in some form or another today they call it mma and he would have been paid for it (laughs) back then it was you know he loved to fight on the street so that was part of who he was it was just ingrained in him it just like i said he just loved it he loved everything about fighting was it tough i guess you had did you have to bail him out a couple times uh yes more times than i can remember
5: (laughs) okay he was
2: you know, but like I said, that's what made him unique. That's what, you know, Johnny lived life to the fullest, and um, he never had any regrets about anything, and he would tell people, I'm not going to be confined by, you know, society and what they say. He's like, I want to do what I want to do. And he always knew. He used to always say, I know I'm going to die young, and that's okay, but I'm going to pack in as much living as I can. And he sure did. So he got everything that he always said he wanted to do.
3: Teresa Tapia is our guest. The book is called The Ghost of Johnny Tapia. In fact, if you're looking at the twitch.tv broadcast as I speak right now, the cover is on the screen. Of course, it's written by Paul Zanone with Teresa Tapia. So how did you write this book? I mean, did you just sit down with this guy and spill your guts or what?
2: um actually I we didn't even sit down he called me up Paul Zannen he's a great writer as you know he called me up for a different interview on this issue and he said that you know they loved the story so much that it ended up being like a five page spread and i think it was boxing um Digest or Boxing Monthly. I forget which one. Mm-hmm. And then he called me again and said, look, I was contacted by, you know, the, these publishers out of Boston, and they're doing this series, and Johnny fits right into it. Would you be interested? And I said, yes, of course. I mean, you know, my my thing is just to keep Johnny going and to keep his memories and his legacy alive, no matter what. So we jumped on board, and he finished it, you know, in a record time. And, you know, it was a, it's a great story. There's some stuff in there. I know Johnny had a first book. But this one it tells a lot more. It's a lot more in depth about the boxing side of things.
3: Was the destructive personality the result of uh, substance abuse, or or just Johnny?
2: The substance re- abuse was a result of the traumatic injuries and traumatic emotions, emotional stuff that Johnny went through as a child. So remember, his mom was murdered when he was eight years old and Johnny kind of was thrown into the cycle of he didn't know where he belonged and nobody wanted him, and he was passed around from different relatives to different relatives, and finally, you know, the grandparents settled on raising him, but Johnny always felt broken from that point. So he did eventually turn to substance abuse, and what he used to say, cocaine was his mistress, but it numbed him to the point where he felt like he could take another day, you know, he would take days one one day at a time, but that's kind of how it was.
3: You know, Mistress and Johnny, Johnny Tappy does a mix because I knew him so well. And he wouldn't, I mean, that was a lot. We were places on the road and a couple of times you weren't there. He never looked at anybody else like that, oh, Teresa. Yeah. He was as true, and I almost got tears in my eyes here, but he was as true as they come to you.
2: He was, and 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 that's why he used to say people talk about all this stuff, and he would always say it, and he said it in interviews, you know, my only mistress was cocaine. (laughs) He used to say it was never women. That was never his problem, and that's why I used to try to tell people. They would ask me, you know, how do you put up with it? Well, he was the most loyal guy, and he had the biggest heart, but he had an addiction problem, but then you know, who was I to judge? Who was anyone to judge? If we went through the life that he went through, well, I probably wouldn't have even survived as long as he did. And that's the God-honest
3: truth. So let's talk about that graphic uh, time for him as a child. His mother was—the I, I, rumor was his mother was murdered in front of him. He witnessed this?
2: No, she wasn't murdered in front of him. She dropped him off. She was getting ready to go out dancing with her then-boyfriend, and he ended up— um, killing her but what johnny did witness he was because he used to stay at the grandparents he noticed a truck passing by and he could you know have he swears up and down that he saw his mom being held against her will in this truck and he woke up his grandparents and told them and they you know he got punished for it they told him that he's just imagining things and go back go back to bed stop bugging well um Strangely enough, if you look at her autopsy in the report, the police report, there was that same color truck involved at the crime scene that people did witness. So obviously he did see something.
3: Yeah, we had rats when we were a kid and, uh, in the house in the basement. And I told my parents there were raccoons in the basement, and they told me, shut up and go to bed, basically, right? And then the rats were running all over the house and said, see, the raccoons. They don't,
2: <laughs> you know. <laughs> Exactly. So you you understand. I mean, they just, you know, they don't believe children and they think, you know, and in Johnny's case, he felt very powerless and he grew up feeling like he could have saved her, but he couldn't. I mean, he was this eight-year-old kid, but he never got over that. So it just, it spiraled him into this destiny that became, you know, maybe the loca And that's who he was as a result of what happened to him.
3: Yeah, the Henry Martinez fight was in 1994. That was at the pit in Albuquerque. That's when I sort of told Henry beforehand. I don't think so. Um, anyway, uh, after that word, of course, he went on and fought big guys. I'm talking about, you know, before that, Pauly Ayala. I mean, what, what were the memorable fights in Johnny's in Johnny Tapia's life for you? What, what, what comes to I mean, when you think of his career, boom, what jumps out at you?
2: You know, um, the Martinez fight, oddly enough, and that was Johnny's favorite fight as well. He it was just so if you had to have been present at that fight, the electricity in the air, the people, everybody including Johnny were crying. I mean, it, it was just the most unreal feeling. And I don't think we ever um captured that again. But the other fight that I was most impressed by was Nana Conadu. This guy was knocking people out left and right. I mean, I was really scared for that fight, but Johnny, he was the one that was like, I know I have this. And believe me, I had ultimate faith in him, but as his manager, I did not want him to fight this guy. But as you know, you have to have faith in him. And, and he schooled Connadu and he put on the most beautiful boxing lesson ever. And I think that's why I tell people if you ever want to watch a true boxing fight, watch that one.
3: What about the rivalry in nineteen ninety seven of Albuquerque that rock that was the Thomas and Mac uh, no it was some big arena in Vegas. I remember it was not, I think it was Thomas and Mac anyway it uh-huh. rocked Danny Romero and Johnny Tappy the place was sold out people were the there were Romero fans There were there were
2: Albuquerque was in the <laughs> house it was it was you know that was a great experience and and again being there and being present now like it's in the book now so i can talk about it but it was so funny leading up to that fight again here i am i'm watching danny you know and i and he's training in in angel fire at like 13,000 altitude he has all this special team of people and johnny i don't even know where the guy's at i have no trainer i can't i can't even get him home and then when i do find him he ends up in jail and you don't even know he trained about three and a half weeks for that fight he ended up by the time we got him home and settled him down, I had to call up Bruce Trampler, told him what was happening. We had a rush to Las Vegas, Nevada, and Bruce was worried. He was like, oh my gosh, Johnny's getting killed and spying. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I was like, let's delay the fight. And Johnny was like, I got this. And he did. He, it was, you know, after the fight, he just, that's that's what I'm saying. The character, the talent, it's unreal. And he just went in there and he fought like there was no problems leading up to that and he even said it was the easiest fight of his life, and walked away, crowned, you know, a two-time world champion at that point.
3: Straight up, I remember four or five years ago that some clown was harassing you, Jeffrey Padilla or something like that. Do you ever get him out of your life?
2: Yes, and then and you're going to see another interesting story on that spin of things.
5: <laughs> really,
2: you're gonna, yes, you, I like. There's so much to catch you up on, and we won't be able to do it in this segment. But there's a documentary coming out, and. It has to do with DNA and Johnny and this man who says he was Johnny's father, who we actually proved wasn't. But it took Jeffrey in order to get this all done. But very interesting stuff. Like I said, you you were you when you see the depth of stuff that Johnny and I did for each other, then you're going to be like, I get it.
3: Johnny Tapia, fifty nine and five, two draws, thirty kales, a world champion, many divisions, of course, a stud. A true gladiator in the world of boxing. And you know what, folks? He had some hard times, but he had a good woman along his side. He was very, very lucky and very fortunate. Teresa, I thank you for your time. The book is called The Ghost of Johnny Tappy. I wish you the very best of luck, and we'll talk again real soon. Good luck, princess. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Have
3: a great day. Bye-bye. Wow. Teresa Tappy, what can I say, folks? You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
6: Prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. 754 4531 That's 800-754-4531. Being a new
4: parent means every high and low you can imagine. and enter the code SPORTS at checkout for $20 off. That's myevos.com. M-Y-E-V-O-Z dot com.
7: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedar sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California
1: with Pedro Fernandez.
3: Ain't nothing stopping us now, baby. This is our number one of two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Today, of course, hour number two, we will talk the UFC and boxing as well. Of course, I'll bring you back in time and bring you some vintage ollie. I think I've got to bring you a little ollie almost every week. Why? Because... I'm not talking about Ali the fighter. I'm talking about Ali the person. Muhammad Ali, if he touched you, folks, believe me, he touched me. He made you a better person. He just did. That was what Ali was. I think Johnny Signorella said that on the show, that fact if if you were a carpenter and Muhammad Ali had contact with you you were a better carpenter, he just... I think he made me a little bit better human being, and he. I keep going back to that one line he kept telling me time and time again is that when I try to, you know, help homeless people and this and that, and try to reach out and give them five bucks, so you, you give a homeless guy in San Francisco five bucks, you move on, on down the street, and you see a guy that's even worse off than the guy you just gave the five bucks to, and you can't be giving five bucks everybody; you'd be broke, right? So anyway, Ali told me like this: you know, what, son, after we went to a hospital one time and. And these kids, we saw these crippled kids there and, and we left and we, we helped them out and brought them, gave them some money and for food and things like that. Some nuns were running this this uh nursery for deformed kids in Macau. And I was sorta, of, you know, in little tears in my eyes afterwards and we're in the bus and he came back and sat down next to me. He said, What's wrong with you? Blah blah blah, you know, the kids were depressing, I really sad. I have a child at home, blah, blah, blah. And he said to me, You can't save every puppy in the pound, son. You know, he was right. You can't save every puppy in the pound. Speaking of hour number two, is upcoming, of course. As I say, we're from Dustin Perrier and Max Holloway. Of course, they were the main event of UFC 236 last night. And it rocked and it rolled. The main event did. But, you know, I don't know. Not 100 bucks. Not 100 bucks. You can't get me to pay 100 bucks for the stuff in high def. It's just not worth it. The UFC's got to come up with <clears throat> some type of package. And <clears throat> I don't mean just like a... <clears throat> A ten or a fifteen dollar discount on your pay per views um, per monthly if you join their fight passing or something like that. No, no, I'm talking about where you go like ten ninety 1090, ten ninety nine or like the zone is doing. The zone's like nineteen ninety nine. Although I was a little ticked off with the fact they doubled their price in less than a year. But, you know, they went to 1999. Of course, they've got Canelo coming up May the 4th, Canelo and Danny Jacobs. Danny Jacobs being the best middleweight in the world as far as Americans are concerned. Of course, Canelo, the best middleweight in the world as far as the world's concerned. Of course, the Mexican star, the king of pay-per-view, the king of the zone, $385 million contract he signed. He and Oscar De La Hoya, holy cow, $385 bucks. but he's got to keep winning. Or then Oscar says it's guaranteed. I think Oscar's full of snot on that one, but I got to tell you, he's got to keep winning. But if he keeps winning, I think it's 11 fights, he's going to make $375 million guaranteed. So that is the biggest contract in sports history, without a doubt, and it belongs to a Mexican prize fighter. That's a little bit strange, isn't it? I mean, think of all the athletes in the world, all the guys that command the big bucks, yet this kid from Mexico, who basically, you know, I mean, he lost that one fight to Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, he lost that fight, but let's be honest, he was a baby, and he had cement for feet. Both feet were like both left feet. He couldn't dance for nothing, couldn't move around. His footwork has improved a little bit, but he lost to Mayweather, as was expected. Mayweather said, let me fight this guy young, make the money while he's young because in a couple of years from now he's going to be too big, too strong for me. So Floyd being the opportunist that he was, fought Canelo at that point in time. Now Canelo the superstar of boxing. Speaking of the superstar of boxing, of course Larry, Mench- Larry Merchant mentioned the 2012 Olympic gold medalist Anthony Joshua of the UK, of course their hero selling 85,000 tickets out whether he fights in Wembley Stadium or in Wales wherever he's said uh, 90,000 people will show up for him to fight okay he could fight me and 90,000 people would show up i guess and pay for it but straight up joshua and miller of course that's also on the zone too so larry merchant's getting the zone He called me last night. "Mm, How do I get the zone? He's getting the zone. So he's got the zone. You got to get the zone. I'm not a big, listen, I'm not a big fan of these apps, but ESPN Plus is really delivering the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. So I got to tell you, that one is a great, great value, ESPN Plus. Straight up, this is hour number one of two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. After the news. Ring Talk continues, of course, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, and a plethora of other internet platforms. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Thank you for tuning to our number one.